Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. New way to play fantasy. Today's episode is brought to you by Flex Fantasy, and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all. When you sign up for a free account and download the Flex Fantasy app, you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on. Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play. And put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to Flex Fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app and try it out at flex.fan. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Maynard. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. That's right, it's time for a Cashing Friday here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe that we get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You can also download the Foxy Network app to catch us on demand on your Fire TV devices, Roku, Samsung, or LG. Or just stay up to date with the show when you're on the go and download us on your favorite podcast app. Give us that five-star review. It really does Help us out. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. Joined here my co-host on Fridays, Mr. Christopher Dowhauer. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Trying to recover from that barn burner of a Thursday night game that we had last night. You know, another exciting game on Thursday. Uh, you know, teams were throwing the ball over to people. I'm sorry. Wait, that was that was Atlanta Falcons and Carolina. <laughs> it Panthers. was great if Rugby. you had Donta Foreman. Anything outside of that was absolutely, positively putrid. But it was a really rainy game, I guess. You know, yeah, and just two bad offenses, two bad quarterbacks. Something's got to give. I can't watch anymore Mariota and PJ Walker. It's just, it's, it's hurting my eyes at this point. But that's why we play DFS. Sometimes just forget about your redraft leagues. And that way you just like, you know what? I want to pick up who is the hottest trend right now if he's not on my team. I want to try to win some money in fantasy football. And that's what today is all about. And of course, it's November. So we have the November giveaway that we're trying to do this month. We got the Bill Bates autograph three-time Super Bowl jersey. All you got to do is hit us up on our free contest. On it's Right now, it's in the comments on our YouTube section. It's totally free. All you got to do is join. And if you don't want to do that or make it easier on yourself, 
Sign up at flex.fan slash bellyupff. Look for the MDFF show in the arena. You take me on one-on-one, you win. Your name also gets put into the raffle of the Wheel of Names at the end of the month. We did get a hold of our October winner, so we will be sending out the Jameson Williams jersey very, very soon. We did not get a hold of our September winner, so the John Randall jersey, which is still in my office, will be the December giveaway at this point. So just just some little goodies that we're trying to give you guys just just for your participation just for watching the show and just appreciation for that but we also want to try to win you some money and we'll have jazz florida on the second half of the show to talk about some bets of the week but chris and i want to try to win you guys some money on your dfs lineups too and when we do this lineups i think i should clarify we, we talk about it from a, a, a tournament standpoint, mostly, not necessarily head-to-head. So keep that in mind. We're looking for the big bucks here and looking to help you try to beat us. We're trying to give you the head start here. We want you to win these jerseys. So, Chris, without further ado, why don't we go ahead and see your lineup and why don't we talk about your quarterback to start things off? Yes, I'm starting off and I'm spending a little bit of money on the quarterback position. Usually I like to look for some bargains, and we'll get into some bargains later on in you know, the show. But the guy I'm starting off with is Patrick Mahomes, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. This defense has been not good for a long time. It doesn't get much of a pass rush. Uh, we saw Patrick Mahomes have a great game this past week. He had to throw a lot of passes. Um, but versus Jacksonville Jaguars, why should it change for, at home? For the Chiefs to be able to kind of move the ball, I like Patrick Mahomes. And the price tag is still not that bad, $7,900. No, it's not that bad, seventy nine hundred dollars because they had Josh Allen supposed to be the number one price guy. He might not even play. So now Mahomes is going to be the quarterback that people are going to spend up for if they're going to spend up at the position. I went a little bit cheaper this week. I decided I was not going to do a, a double stack for once the quarterback position, and I went ahead with Justin Fields, who's been hot, hot, hot to trot playing the Detroit Lions. Before you say anything, no, I don't think Detroit Lions suddenly unlocked their defense just because they held the Packers to eight or nine points or whatever the hell it was last week, because who cares at this point? Justin Fields has been running all around, and I kept saying, I said it a month ago, and I'm glad it came to fruition. I'm like, look, all Fields needs to do is be competent passing the ball and be efficient in the red zone, and his legs will take care of the rest and make him a top-12 fantasy quarterback. That's happened over the past month. I see no reason why he can't go off here against Detroit. Yeah, it's definitely a good chance. You know, Going on paper, it's a great matchup. Detroit's terrible versus the run, especially as the mobile quarterbacks. They struggled versus different mobile quarterbacks, between Jalen Hurts, for example. Um, you know, we look at what Jalen, you know, Justin Fields has been able to do. Talk about, you know, the legs and using them. But the big part of that also, they've been aggressive down the field. Darnell Mooney's getting tar- actually targets down the field. You know, we saw Cole Clement actually citing Cole Clement a couple weeks ago. Um, so they had a chase play pull this past week. I like the, the receivers they have in place as well. So we have some big play opportunity versus Detroit team that gives up big plays as well. So you can have a, a guy who has good legs, a guy who can make big plays with the air. Justin Fields is probably going to be a guy who had a lot of people up in the lineups after last week's performance and a great price tag. All right. Who's your RB1 this week? Yeah, so I would look through, you know, kind of looking at some positions. RB1 is definitely something that haven't really had a great options this year, but a guy that I think has a guy we had RB1 in the beginning of the season for a lot of us, and that was Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is $7,500. Taking on the Raiders, I know that you know people are kind of worried. Is he going to be hurt? Is this guy, this guy good? What's he going to do? I don't know if anybody's watched the Raiders the last few weeks, but um, their defense is bad. It's really bad. They traded their best defensive tackle to the Cowboys. They have no chance of basically stopping the run. And I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be getting a lot of the ball. He's going to be handling, you know, be handling probably that entire offense. Be put on his shoulders a lot of ways. Jonathan Taylor, as price tag still cheap, 
trying to take advantage of it versus 27th ranked Oakland defense versus running back position. Las Vegas defense too, by the way. Sorry, it's all but Las yeah. Vegas. <laughs> um, I like it for, for a contrarian purpose. And something's got to change, right? It's a whole new play caller, a whole new head coach. Something in Indianapolis has to change. It can't be Sam Ellinger dropping back for 30 times and completing 10 of his passes. That can't continue. So I'm with you with him practicing in full. He does have Bill a good opportunity to Bill get Jackson. back on track. Yeah, to- yep, agreed. We'll have to see exactly what happens here. There's a good chance, even to your point, with no hides and no Jackson, that should lead the way for him to at least be involved in the passing game. I mean, the only thing you'd probably be would be worried about, well, two things, I guess, but I was going to say the main thing would be him re-injuring the ankle issue because that has been a recurring thing throughout this year. And then the only other thing would be, you know, does this whole thing just implode on itself instead of getting in a positive direction? But I like the play there because not a lot of people are going to go with it because no one knows what to expect. And yet it still is a great player in a great matchup nonetheless. Uh, I was a great player in a great matchup myself, and I paid all the way up for the top guy, Saquon Barkley. He's the number one running back on my list. He's playing Houston. Everybody rushes for 200 yards and two touchdowns against Houston. How could I not go Saquon Barkley at $8,600? Yeah, you know, I spent up a four or five positions. That's why I could not go Saquon Barkley, but absolutely, if you're going to spend the running back, it's one of the top-tier guys that you can have in a great price tag. Saquon's been one of the more consistent guys all season long. You know, been one of the RB1, true RB1s you could have in your lineup and a great matchup, as you talked about, versus Houston. Who's your RB2? So this guy's been the RB1 for the last couple of weeks, and we I think, you know, you kind of agree with this. We like the matchup as well. Travis Etienne, $7,100, taking on the Chiefs. Um, You know, a Chiefs team that I talked like Patrick Mahomes' offense. Well, I think, you know, the Jacksonville's going to try to run the ball a little bit. Chiefs haven't been great versus the run. ETN has been spectacular as, you know, efficiency-wise, especially in the big plays. Um, I like him in the passing attack, regardless of, you know, how the game trip kind of goes. He'll be involved one way or another. Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be necessarily, you know, launching it all over the field. I think Travis, you know, Travis ETN is going to have a chance to have a good game. And I like the upside. It's a $2,100 price tag, a guy who, like I said, RB1 talent over the last four or five weeks. Yeah, Travis ETN is my, uh, he's my flex play. So we both have him in our lineups this week too yes it's a great spot what Jacksonville has shown me at this point is that they are going to run first and then we'll see how that opens up the pass game after that that's what we've seen over the past few weeks I expect that to continue against the Kansas City Chiefs and look it's not like they have guys that are pass catchers they they work in Michael Hasty here and there but he doesn't have the pass catching role all to himself so maybe there's a game where Travis Etienne if out of necessity does wind up getting to catch the ball too, which is why I like him a lot. And the $700 price tag for a guy who's a mid-level RB1, that's actually really cheap in my opinion as well. So we both have Travis Etienne. My RB2 though, I'm taking a shot here and I'm going with Khalil Herbert at $5,900. He is just very explosive when he gets the ball. He doesn't always get the ball, but against Detroit, I think as long as he gets about 12 to 15 carries, where I think there's a good shot, he'll have that opportunity to do so in this game. We could be looking at 100 yards and a touchdown of Khalil Herbert at that cheap price tag. I mean, absolutely. It's a price tag that, you know, is cheap, but his counterpart, you know, David Montgomery, $6,000. So it's kind of an interesting mix of who your choice is. I'm, I like the play. I'm kind of curious about having the pairing of Fields and Herbert on a, on a team. I mean, definitely could hit and hit big, but it's also going to be a very much of a contrarian play in the sense that if it does not hit, it could be a struggle. Herbert kind of struggles getting if he doesn't score touchdowns. The volume, as you talked about, is necessarily there, but the big plays have been. So Herbert is definitely going to be a guy that you know, could have a big play, have a big game versus Detroit. And a team, like I talked about, has not been able to you know, run all season long. 
what we've seen over the past month is that Fields is running like 80-plus rushing yards, and they're still a run-heavy team. There's just so much run volume between the quarterback and the running backs, and I'm not worried about it. And I think this is one of the few instances where it's not a a a, a, a play in which I'm playing against myself, as most people would, would think it would be, normally speaking. Uh, but who's your wide receiver one this week? Yes, so I kind of followed your lead that typically that you do, and I paired my quarterback with a receiver, and I don't usually do that, but I am this time, and then with Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy that I'm not necessarily thrilled to have, but a guy that I, when looking at, you know, the lineup the last three weeks, they performed, a guy who's, you know, 25, 28, and 17, 18, I should say, last week, um, nice DFS numbers, and a guy that's very cheap, Chris, takes still at $6,000, taking on a Jacksonville team that's very banged up in the secondary, and I talked about that very good defense right now. Yeah, can't disagree with that. Juju has been uh, lighting it up. He's at, I have him locked inside my top 20 for this week, and he's been terrific for the last three games in a row. Regardless of what's going on with Kadarius Tony and all the other wide receivers, what has become clear is that Juju is the guy when Travis Kelsey's not the one getting the ball. It's plain and simple. And, that's what's happening. And it's a great point. I mean, he's getting eight to nine targets per game on an average. I mean, that's basically right. what I'm banking on. You have a great floor. The ceiling hasn't been outstanding, but the floor is definitely there for the price tag. And he's been scoring, you know, two of the last three weeks, too. Uh, my wide receiver one, I went with at $6,500. I went with Amari Cooper, who's been fantastic at home. There's going to be no David Njoku, which makes me think Jacoby Brissett is going to lean on Amari Cooper even more so. I already had him as a high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one. Of course, he's got the upside. We've seen multiple 100-yard touchdown performances out of him already this season. And Miami has shown that uh, they're not that great defensively. They're going to play their aggressive style, but they give up a lot of points. They do. It's a big part of because Howard hasn't been the same. He's trying to you know, match up with guys, but he's, it's obvious that you know, his groin or hamstring thing is kind of definitely bothering him. He's not going to get the same explosiveness. And teams are lighting him up as a result of that. Your receivers are definitely having their field day versus the Dolphins. If Chubb helps, their pass rush isn't getting home either. So the combination of the two makes Amari Cooper a nice play. The only thing you can be concerned about in a sense is Nick Chubb is kind of running all over that team by himself. But Amari Cooper, even when that happened, has been kind of one of the guys that's been, if Njuku's not in the game or other receivers are kind of involved, he's been the guy who eats regardless. So I love the Amari Cooper play. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who is your wide receiver too? So I'm going to steal one of your guys, and it seems that you're kind of being big on this game, the Detroit game. I'm going to go with Darnell Mooney for Chicago, Ooh. a guy who's kind of you know, stepping up over the last few weeks. And a guy that you saw that have, you know, has more and more targets. Um, he had seven catches last week, five catches the week before. A guy that, you know, is being involved down the field and closer to the field with Chase Claypool being added, using more him, using Claypool more as like a screen guy and a deep guy. Mooney's being asked to do a little bit more in his route tree. And as a result, he, you know, had five, like I said, seven catches last week. I like the floor. And like the upside of the opportunity versus a true team, that secondary is not good. And, it, you know, despite the Green Bay debacle, there should have been a lot of touchdown passes and opportunities last week. So I think Darnell Mooney could kind of get, take advantage of that. People are going to be paying attention to that running game in Justin Fields. And I talked about earlier, you know, this Chicago team has been aggressive down the field with the receivers. So I like Darnell Mooney. I like that, too. He's actually been one of my uh, player props later on in the show. Make sure you stay tuned for that. I'm going with George Pickens at $5,000. I'm big on him. I've been locking him into my top 20. I am guaranteeing at least one touchdown, uh, George Pickens, this week against the New Orleans Saints, whose secondary is completely depleted. And I know what? Without Chase Claypool, there's going to be at least two to three targets going to Pickens. And also, 
He's now going to be the number two receiver in snaps, which he had not been to this point. He had been the number three guy. So when they go to receiver sets, it will be George Pickens out there, and he'll be getting that extra work as well. He's the only wide receiver on the Saints, on excuse me, on the Steelers right now who has a touchdown, and he's been picking up his game as of late since Kenny Pickett became the starting quarterback, and he's only five thousand dollars. Yeah, I have him in some other lineups. Definitely a guy that you can have, you know, as a play as a value. I do worry a little bit, about, you know, the, the his usage, um, and, you know, is this guy that Pickett looks for, but as you Tarn alluded to, he's one of the few guys that actually is a touchdown catch because they don't seem to score a lot of touchdowns in the Pittsburgh team. So, uh, you know, this game could be ugly. I'm not really excited this game in general, but I can see Pickett as the value of $5,000 and kind of have a nice nice price tag to have in your lineup on the upside. I think I got a feeling he's going to break out at some point. I don't know if it's this week, but I think it could be. Uh, Chris, who's your wide receiver three? Yeah, so I'm going with a guy that we've kind of seen, you know, not necessarily have a breakout, but kind of show us the floor that we've been hoping for. That's Rondell Moore taking on the Rams team that I think is just going to be a shell of itself. You know, Rondell Moore had a 14-point performance, I'm sorry, 15-point performance last week, a 23-point performance the week before. A guy who's seen 10 targets or more or less, uh, so 8 out of 10 targets, um, 3 out of 4 t- games now. This guy's basically being their, their their running game in a lot of ways. With DeAndre Hopkins kind of being the first read Rondell Moore to check down. Nice floor, nice, you know, kind of guy that could have some opportunity for some ceiling too because he hasn't broke one yet. So Rondell Moore is a guy that I have my lineup for two hundred dollars. Like the price tag, I like the upside. As long as he plays the slot, he gets eight to nine targets per game, and that remains to be true. Now that Robbie Anderson is in there, they're not forcing him outside anymore. Uh, my wide receiver three is actually Mac. Hollins. I want to go with somebody who is contrarian play. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. We know they're out of the mix now completely. And Matt Collins had already been acting as the second receiver to Devontae Adams for most of this year anyway. He doesn't do a lot side to side, but he can run straight really fast and he can't go jump up and get a ball. And that's why I kind of like it for a DFS play at only $4,200. Yeah, it's a guy that blocks, does a lot of the dirty stuff, kind of reminds me of Kenyon Bourne, a country born, I should say, um, a guy that you can have production. And you saw Bourne last year. It was quietly pretty good fantasy-wise. Hollins has kind of been doing the same thing. And then with the different receivers banged up, Waller out now, Jacobs not really being as effective in the running game as they had kind of hoped it would be. Hollins could be a sneaky play, especially if teams try to start doubling Adams. So it's a nice guy, like nice value. How, who's your tight end? This gets interesting here. Yeah, so I want Greg Dulch. Uh, I'll Dulch. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm going to probably keep playing this guy as long as I can until as long as he's cheap. Um, this guy's the only thing I trust in Denver right now. I don't know what Russ is going to do. I don't know what the coaching staff's going to do. I don't know who's going to play in the backfield. The receivers are going to be involved, but Greg Dolchich will get the targets. Albert O's obviously just been phased out for no reason. They love Dolchich because the guy's the guy they picked, and they're going to figure out how to get him the ball come hell or high water. So I'm playing him this week. It's a nice matchup as well. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Yep, he's the only consistent receiver they've had over the past month since he's actually come back from his injury. $3,400 is a great price tag. I got him inside my top 10 at tight ends, and I'm loving me some Greg Dolchers. Plus, it is a very good matchup. Tennessee, not very good against the tight end position either. And that's the only real pass catcher, to your point, that you can actually trust right now, I feel like. So, yeah, fire up Greg Dolchers, loving him in DFS and loving him in redraft, too. Uh, dynasty for that matter. Matthew Cipher, he's asking us a question. Where would you rank Raheem Mostert? We have, I have him in RB25 this week off the top of my head. In fact, I might even have that graphic from the other day up here and we can move it up here real quick. Um, but yes, I do have Raheem Mostert at RB25 heading into this week. He's a high end RB3. He's still going to split time with Jeff Wilson. He still has the ability to hit the big play. It's still a great matchup against the Cleveland Browns and still an offense that scores a lot of points. So if you have to play him as a flex play, I think you're okay. Yeah, I totally agree. I think he actually is a better option than a flex play. Cleveland's been terrible versus running backs this entire season, and they can't stop the running attack if you actually use it. Most has been really good. I know Wilson kind of you know scared people last week because of his involvement. Wilson Thunder. But this is- yeah, it stole some thunder, but most sorts of guys who can be explosive and a guy doesn't necessarily have to have a 25, you know, touches to be effective. So I think this is a guy that can, you know, I like the sneaky value. I have most as a, a definite flex value and possibly an RB2, like I said. All right. So getting back to our lineups, I already gave my flex because he was your RB2. So who's your flex heading into this week? Yeah. So I'm going to go with Kenyon uh, Raymond. Uh, you kind of talked about the contrarian play with Hollins. I'm going with Raymond, a guy who, you know, has been quietly doing something in Detroit. State Brown hasn't been hope, you know, hasn't been hitting how he hoped he would. Uh, Reynolds has been in and out of the lineup. He can't get healthy necessarily. Shark's still not back. They traded Hawkinson. Raymond's still there from last year, still doing his little thing. Uh, kind of a guy who plays a slot. You know, Jared Goff, we know, loves the slot receivers and has a guy who had 14, I think, 14 points last week. Um, you know, quietly kind of getting, I'm sorry, 14 points two weeks ago and 10 points a week before. So a guy who's kind of getting on track is being more involved with their offense. So Raymond, the matchup for Chicago, who's not great versus you know, receivers. I think he could be a sneaky player. Thank you for the kind words, uh, Matthew. So you can tune back in every week. We hope you do. Uh, yes, I agree. I like the play. It's a contrarian play. The big key right now for Detroit is that Jared Goff has to play better. That's what's killing them right now. When it comes to St. Brown, we talked about him being a buy-low candidate and all the woes of Detroit when they had that great first month of the season and have completely fallen off after that big shootout game against Seattle. The key has been Jared Goff has played horrible and before it was kind of like a home road split thing going on and now it's just it doesn't really matter where he's playing just hasn't been very effective but if anybody's going to do anything as far as a big play concern it's gotta be Khalif Raymond right no TJ Hawkinson we have no idea we're getting out of Swift St. Brown's gonna play his role but the down the field guy is gonna have to be Khalif Raymond it's a good match with Chicago it is on the road so it's the only thing makes me a little bit nervous but I do like it for a DFS lineup so let's move on and let's uh, let's cap this thing off with our defenses. Uh, who'd you go at defense? Yeah, so defensively, I went with the Cardinals. Um, I'm not really sure it's going to have Matthew Stafford. It looks like he's trending towards possibly being cleared or possibly being cleared, but I don't care. Rams team has been terrible regardless. They haven't scored more than 20 points. Isn't you know over? I think the entire season, if I can recall correctly. Uh, if they have, it's only been once. Um, they, they struggle to score. They struggle to give up points. Arizona's quietly been pretty good defensively, and they get turnovers. They also get, you know, different opportunities to get some sacks. Matthew Stafford has not been good, and I think this Rams team's the team we can take advantage of. I, you know, I like to spend down on defense, so I spent $700 on Arizona defense. A nice price tag for me to get some upside. Yeah, once again, you copied me. I also have the Cardinals defense. Look, whether it's Matthew Stafford or John Walford, either way, it's you're sitting pretty, and, like, I, 
I don't think John Walford at this point is even necessarily that much of a downgrade. That's how bad Stafford's been. But the Cardinals, first of all, they play better on the road. That's number one. Their defense, to your point, has been pretty good, especially against perimeter receivers. And if it is Walford and not Stafford, well, then I don't even know how great Cup will be in this game. He might be a little bit limited in what his ceiling will be. So now all of a sudden you have to ask the question of what the hell the Rams going to do offensively. Cardinals might actually look pretty good in this matchup. $2,700 against the what's right now is the worst offense against defenses in scoring fantasy points. Yeah, light them up at $2,700. You cannot <coughs> beat that price tag. All right, Chris, now's the time for us to go into who are some of like our player values. It didn't quite crack our lineups in DFS, but we do like in other lineups or for people to keep aware of. Well, I'm just real quick. Quarter, yeah, I'm the quarterback, but go ahead. I was just going to come with the defense real quick. Don't forget, you know, Cooper Cup only had four catches for 44 yards versus Arizona earlier. Yeah, it's the only thing that, that stuffed them. So, so don't, yeah, that's where it can get real exciting. Yeah, and, I agree. So, yeah. So you said a quarterback value. Um, you know, you have one of the guys that I definitely like as a value. Of course, Justin Fields is one of the guys you should have. But Trevor Lawrence is a guy I think is a, a, a sneaky value. Taking yeah. on a Chiefs team that you have to score some points. $5,400 price tag. You know, it's very cheap. Trevor Lawrence hasn't been good, but they're going to have to throw the ball around. They're going to have some volume to keep up that Chiefs team. And I think you're going to see, I talked about this in some other shows, uh, you know, the coaching staff kind of trying to show out for each other in a sense. Um Doug Peterson comes from the Andy Reid tree. Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, they're going to know each other's kind of wrinkles. Studicates, they're going to show off for each other. So I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a nice opportunity to have a good game. I think you're going to see maybe use his legs a little bit this week as well. So Trevor Lawrence is that guy with that sneaky value for me. How about you? Uh, well, I do like Trevor Lawrence. He is my he's my QB eleven this week, so I do like that kind of sneaky play. And there's a very good chance in the second half, man, it's going to be all Jacksonville having to come back from behind. So we might see some heavy volume in the passing attack for sure. For me. I'd actually have it's it's not a tremendous value, quote unquote, but at sixty seven hundred dollars, given what quarterback options are out there this Sunday, gets a little bit tough. So that's why I go with two of there at that price tag. Uh, again, just the wide receivers for the Dolphins have been lighting it up. Uh, I love the matchup here against Cleveland, who's not been very good. Their defense played better against Cincinnati, but that's the best we've seen it play all year long. We still have to put that to the test to see if they can really duplicate that kind of performance. And no one's been able to really hold the Dolphins in check. While two has been healthy. So I'm lighting him up at $6,700 as my value at the quarterback position. If you're not going to go Justin Fields, who's $200 cheaper, and that's why he made my lineup, by the way. Uh, but who's no, your... good? I was just going to cut it real quick. And, you know, I think that's an outstanding point. And I think that's the guys that I'm looking at. I looked him at Holmes as the guy I spend the money for. And I'm looking for a mid tier you know, value in a sense or the top tier, mid tier values. You know, Fields and, and two are those two guys that you have the thrower who's been lighting it up and you have the runner who's been lighting it up. So they're great options. You want to spend you know, bottom of the barrel. I think Richard Lawrence might be the guy you're looking at, but I love that option as too because it's a great matchup versus Cleveland. Yeah. So um, who's your running back value? So I'm going to give you two because it's the same game, and you kind of stole one of the guys in Herbert. Not necessarily you stole the guy, but the guy that I think on the other side is Montgomery, $6,000. I know people are kind of down on him, but he's still been involved heavily in this offense. All the points you made about Herbert you know, kind of counter over for Montgomery as well. Detroit's not where to run. He's the guy who actually catches the ball out of the backfield sometimes, so we've got a chance to get the ball, maybe opportunity to also score some touchdowns because he gets more of the short yardage things. Though Herbert's been kind of you know just scoring anyway, um, but Montgomery could be a six thousand dollar value. Or, you know, not too many guys that can get touches he can get are going to be that cheap. And then another guy in a similar game is Jamal Williams on the other side of the field, taking on Chicago's defense's twenty eighth versus the running back position. Jamal Williams has been outstanding for most part of the season. Swift, you know, what will he do? What can he do? He's we don't know, but it doesn't matter. Jamal Williams has been a guy who's been getting the ball regardless, and Chicago's not a good matchup for them, especially without their linebackers now. 
Yeah, I mean, those are two guys that are that are inside my top 17 right now. I got David Montgomery at 17, and then I have uh, Jamal Williams. Actually, I have Jamal Williams, uh, I think, I believe I have him at 15. Just can't see it on the graphic at the moment. You do. Uh, but, yeah, so there's two guys that I like a lot. Jamal Williams scoring touchdowns left and right. And David Montgomery, yes, he's the lead back. I mean, he's still getting about 70% of the snaps, normally speaking. Uh, the reason why I like Herbert a little bit more this this week is because I'm looking for the big play because we were talking about DFS. The second reason being, though, is that David Montgomery takes over completely when Chicago has to throw the ball and come back from behind. I don't know if they're going to have to do that this game, which is kind of why I like Herbert quite a bit with his role and what he does in, in neutral to pro game scripts. But David Montgomery is still going to get a ton of value and have an excellent chance to get a touchdown as well. Let's not let's not get that uh let's not get that twisted. We got another question coming in from uh Matthew. Do you think I'm safe dropping Tom Brady for Deshaun Watson? I have Dak already. Uh, if you want to stash Deshaun Watson, I can understand that. I don't know if Dak makes me feel comfortable enough to drop Tom Brady necessarily. I don't know if they get this thing turned around. I don't. But the, the volume still makes me feel like I have to keep Tom Brady for now just just to see. So I'm going to be kind of the same boat. You know, I'm I'm very contrarian. Most fancy people, I love quarterbacks on my team, and I like to hog them up. So if I can, I think in a situation like this, if you could figure out how to get all three of those guys, that's an advantage for you come playoff time. And as as Dan kind of alluded to, I don't chuck that Dak. Last time we saw Deshaun Watson, he was terrible in preseason. Brady right, could turn it around. I want to have as many options as possible, especially going into the playoff runs. So the quarterback to me is key, and I like to find ones actually doing good at the right time. That's going to be crucial this season. I agree. Uh, we got to get back to my uh, player value at the running back position. Uh, Jeff Wilson, $5,500. I like Raheem Mostert. I also like Jeff Wilson having a good chance to score this week against the Cleveland Browns, too. He had two more snaps than Raheem Mostert last week. All that really means at the end of the day is that this is definitely a 50-50 committee at worst. And here's the thing. The history that goes back with him and Mike McDaniel is that when in San Francisco, while they didn't check it down to the running backs very often, whenever Wilson got a crack at it, he actually did get thrown the ball a little bit. They trust him in pass protection. So I think there's a chance here that he overtakes Mostert in third and long and two-minute drill that might give him a little bit of the edge moving forward. So I really like Jeff Wilson against Cleveland Browns, $5,500 too. He just didn't quite make my lineup this time around. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think he's going to be given a chance to be the Chase Edmonds was supposed to do in the early on role and be given every opportunity to kind of do that. As you talked about being involved in the passing attack, being involved in the two-minute drills, probably being a guy that's going to be more 50-50 splitting eventually. So I do like the upside. I, I think Roche's got a good week this week because you could actually just run versus Cleveland. So it'll be interesting. Uh, who's your wide receiver value? So I, I have actually a couple, and I'm just going to give you one real quick. Is Christian Kirk. Absolutely, top of Jacksonville for different reasons. What they can Stole do, mine. UTN, Trevor Lawrence, but Christian Kirk. So I'll let you talk more about that one. I'll give you one that you can kind of pick either or. Um, we talked about Greg Dulcich, and I know that you know Russell Wilson's harder to kind of trust. He's looking a little bit better, and Jerry Judy's been pretty good value the last few weeks, and so has Cortland Sutton as earlier in the year. They're both fifty six and fifty seven hundred dollars. So you pick one of those two, you have a good shot. That first Tennessee secondary is not good. Um, and if you can actually get some kind of involvement in the receivers, one of those guys has been primarily involved week in, week out. Who that's going to be, it's been more likely been Judy, but Sutton's got the big more big play opportunity. Um, so, you know, I, that's two guys I think you could look at as a value that you can kind of choose. You want to talk about Christian Kirk a little bit more. 
Yeah, well, with that, I mean, with with Judy and Cortland Sutton, that's something you do when you have like multiple lineups and you put one in one and put one in the other. Don't, if you're only building out like one or two lineups or you're building out a head-to-head lineup, I probably would not put either one in. But if you're going to do multiple lineups, that's a good one to do one or the other in that situation. Uh, but yeah, like I said, Christian Kirk, $5,900 is a great value. Plays mostly the slot. That's how you attack Kansas City. And with, again, with Trevor Lawrence being our guy, the top 12 quarterback for me, being a player value for you, it's mostly based on the idea that they're going to have to come back from behind. There's going to be a lot of garbage time points to be had. Christian Kirk has gotten his target share on a consistent basis back up to what we saw earlier in the season where it's 8, 9, 10 targets. And he's going to just work off of volume. And that's what I expect to see again this week. Good chance for a touchdown there too. Um, yep, yep. And we got one more question coming in from Matthew. Melvin Gordon for Deshaun Watson, full point PPR, redraft, six-man bench, no IR. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Uh, I don't think anybody in the Denver Bronco backfield has any value. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I tend to agree. There's no I don't care about Melvin Gordon. I give up Deshaun Watson in a heartbeat. All right. Uh, let's wrap this thing up with the tight ends. So who's your value? So I'm trying to figure out somebody different because I don't want to keep beating the same drum because I'm going to have Evan Ingram at $3,300, and you know, a guy who's been coming on, but we've been beating the drum about Jacksonville, but a great value, $3,300 versus 25th ranked tight end uh, defense versus tight end position in Kansas City. Um, but you know, I'll go with a guy that maybe is a deep, deeper guy that you can kind of reach for, and that's Jawan Johnson. I know that's the guy that you know has been a hot or cold for people, but he's continued to be a receiver. He's been involved one way or another, whether it's the receiver position, the tight end position. They continue to be banged up. No, Jarvis Landry may or may not be back from New Orleans. I'm not necessarily worried about that. Nice matchup versus Pittsburgh, a team that you can definitely use your head end versus. And I kind of wonder if this game's going to be you know, more interior in, in, involved. I, I mean, by that was since uh, they're not going to throw the ball outside as much and look for more, in te- you know, attack Pittsburgh in the middle a little bit more. So Jawan Johnson could be a, a possible value with $3,000, a guy you might be able to dig real cheap you could look at. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that bothers me about Juwan Johnson is that he seems to only get his fantasy points in like the very end of the game in garbage time. It still counts all the same, but you're kind of constantly holding your breath until that finally happens. That's that's the only drawback. That's I have the Saints in general, Johnson. isn't it, though? But yes, 100%. It's absolutely the Saints offense right now in general. Uh, my guy is actually Harrison Bryant at $2,700. Miami is one of the worst teams against the tight end position. No David Ajoku. I know it didn't work out the first time. But Harrison Bryant's a really good pass catcher. It's hard for me to believe Brissett will not look his way, especially going up against a defense that's given up a touchdown to a tight end every single week for the past month. So I will definitely look at Harrison Bryant at $2,700. Okay, that does it for our DFS lineups. we got to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we'll have Chaz Filardi in here, and we'll start talking about some of our lock bets of the week. So everybody stay tuned to win some money on this Cashing Friday, and we'll be back. Right after this. Football is back, baby. And our new sponsor, True Classic, wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft. Sure, it's football season, but it's also butt the couch season. Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find the perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. 
Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. It's about time to get your fit together, so upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel good. Football show with Dan Mader, giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back into our Cashing Friday edition here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. That way you always get notified when we get new content in and available to you. Check us out on demand when you download the Foxy Network app on your LG, Samsung, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV devices. And you can just stay up to date with the show when you're on the go and download us on your favorite podcast app wherever you listen. Give us that five-star review. really helps us out. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, joined here with Chris Dowhauer. And now the man, the myth, the legend coming in for the second half of the show, Mr. Chaz Filardi of Wake and Bake. How you doing, man? Second half sounds like a good place for me to be. At second half, Chaz, make sure you check him out on social media. Great bets. You were killing it with the horse racing last week. Yeah, you know what? Um, I did not uh, put a lot of effort into football uh, last week. I was uh, I was one hundred percent committed to the horses, and the horses are, are a lot of work if you like them and I love them. And you win; it's just great. It's just great. Yeah, it's it's completely and utterly worth it. So before we get to the bets, we have one more question I want to get to. And uh, Blue Prey Trey Pittman for Andrews, Chris. Ooh, uh, I would not do that. I think Mark Andrews would be back sooner than later, from what I understand. And, you know, if there's any kind of different change in prognosis, I'd definitely pull the trigger. But having the top-tier tight ends, particularly in the playoffs, I want the tight end. I want Mark Andrews. So, no, I would not pull all trigger on that deal. Well, if I'm reading that question correctly, it's would do you, I think he's asking, should he trade Pittman for Mark Andrews? I, I think that's oh, yes. he's phrasing that question. Uh, I would definitely try right. to attempt to all do right. so. Well, one more question, then we got to get to the bets. Uh, Dre S. Full point BPR, Jerry, Judy, or Josh Palmer this week. I got Josh Palmer. Lock him in. He's going to get all the volume. I, I go with Josh Palmer as well. I think the secondary to 49ers is questionable at best. I think you're going to take advantage of the Chargers on the Josh Palmer. All right, let's get this show back to Chaz over here. Let's start talking about some of the lock bet or some bets in general of the week. Hey, Chaz, did you know we have a Germany game this Sunday? Yes, I did know that because when I did the data, I did the matchup home and away, and then I realized – I have to sub out both away because neither of these teams are sleeping in their own bed tonight. That's that's 100% correct. So we got the Seattle Seahawks against the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the over-under is at 44.5. That seems a little low in my estimation. I know the Bucks haven't been scoring points, but Seattle has. Um, the line is minus 2.5 in favor of Tampa Bay. Seattle's look like a better team right now. At least they look like they at least know what they are. They, they have an identity. I don't know if Tampa Bay knows what their identity is at this moment. I'm probably staying away from this game, but if I had to bet, I'd probably take Seattle plus two and a half. What do you say, Chris? 
Yeah, I sit in the same boat. I probably try to avoid this game. I I have a hard time trying to figure out how Tampa is this bad and what's going on in there. But right now they're not winning and they're not scoring points and they're not doing anything. And Seattle is. And Seattle has a good defense and they have a good front four, particularly where they get in pressure. When you hit Tom Brady, things break down in Tampa Bay. If you get sacks on Tom Brady, it gets really bad. So Seattle actually has a good chance to you know, take this game. So what's your data telling you, Chaz? Gino! Gino! <laughs> He's playing so well, isn't he? Uh, you know what? I've been riding Seattle and, and the team total over. They're scoring points and they're they're winning and they're getting points and they've been money lines. So I'm not changing anything. But from the data standpoint, Seattle in the first half overall, 7-0. and Straight, seven straight against the spread wins. Tampa Bay for the game away. This is the second sheet that I had because the first sheet I had them home. Um, they're under in one of six. And most of it, as Chris mentioned, they just don't score. They have no offense at all. They, they, yeah, they throw the ball a ton, and there's, it's, not, it's not going anywhere. Uh, we had a quick question. My guy, do I trade C.D. Lamb and Zeke for Devontae Adams, or do I ask to add someone to have Chubb and Connor? Uh, I would I would probably do that deal. What do you say, Chris? Well, you trade C.D.? I would not do that deal because I don't love James Connor as my second back. I like Zeke and Connor as an options more so. Than, and C.D.'s got a good four. I like that. Devontae Adams, but I keep the, the more depth right now. I can I can see that I can understand that. Okay, let's get back to it here. We got uh, our first one o'clock game: the Giants at home against the Houston Texans. This game's a whopping forty-one over under. We got the Giants favored at minus four and a half. Yeah, give me the Giants at minus four and a half. Coming off the bye week, uh, Houston just is, leaves a lot to be desired. And plus, Damian Pierce is kind of banged up, so I don't know if he's one hundred percent healthy. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I don't know if he's 100% healthy or not, but I think he's going to play. I think that's going more of a rest. Yeah, he's going to play. Him a lot of carries. Yeah, and I'm not worried about him being too banged up necessarily. Um, I think this game is going to be ugly, that either team can kind of squeeze it out regardless. So I don't want to touch this game. I think you're right. The Giants make all the sense if they have been the team that's been winning. But I just think this, this game could be very ugly, and either team can kind of pull it out. So I don't want any part of it. What say you, Chaz? I say that um, ugly is a good word. Ugly is a good word. It's 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 <laughs> It's more leaning, though, toward Houston, right? Houston is much uglier than the Giants. Correct. Uh, but the Giants don't allow points, and Houston don't score, so there could be some team total op- options there, too. I like that. Look, I think Saquon Barkley by himself will win this game plus four, minus four and a half. So that's... I, I want to agree with you, Dan, but I recall it. The Giants remind me of Jacksonville in a lot of ways. This remember that Jacksonville Houston game, and that's just kind of that's what I'm worried about in a sense. It could be a thirteen to seven game where it's just ugly. Well, if it's thirteen to seven, they still cover in that scenario. So that that's all I'm saying. Um, going talk, well, talking about win, to, to, talking about <laughs> Jacksonville, uh, they're taking on the Chiefs, and I thought so. Yes, this is one of my lock bets of the week. Lock them in. It's a lock. I actually had this locked in when Kansas City was minus nine and a half, and now it's minus nine for Kansas City. Yeah, I definitely think they beat them by at least 10 points in this game. Give me Kansas City at home against Jacksonville. Go ahead, Chris. Now, Chaz can tell me about the stats and numbers. I believe the Chiefs haven't been very good against the spread over the last six or seven, eight, eight weeks now. Um, I think that they're you know definitely a team that seems to be favored a lot. You usually don't necessarily always carry through with that. This Jacksonville game that I talked about earlier scares me a little bit. I think the coaching staff's going to show up for Jacksonville. I I think you have a good point, but it's not a game that I want once again, I don't want to touch. What do you think about the over real quick at 51? I like the over. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling the over, too. I think this could be a higher scoring game. But, Chaz, what, what are you seeing in the data? Yeah, I mean, on the Kansas, Kansas City's not covering, but they didn't cover last year either. They 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 
they give they're like the old New England. They give an extra three points. Mahomes is worth that extra three points, no matter what the line is. So if the line's seven, it should have it should have been four, you know. Uh, but when I when I look at this for in terms of of points, Jacksonville just gives up a lot of points, and Kansas City at home tends to score more than most teams, you know. And that's kind of that's kind of why I think this this is one of those situations where I think it could be like a a one two score game going in the fourth quarter and then Kansas City gets that last touchdown and just kind of separates himself with the dagger in the heart and that's why I'm locking in Kansas City at minus nine. Let's go to the Dolphins and the Cleveland Browns. This game is in Miami. Cleveland is three and a half point underdogs against the Miami Dolphins. The over under is really high at forty nine and a half. Kind of interesting because Cleveland doesn't always score a ton of points. So we'll have to see exactly what happens. I'm sure they're pushing on the idea that the Dolphins offense will force this game to go over. Might stay away from that one myself, but I do like Miami at minus three and a half because I haven't seen, besides when they played Cincinnati, Cleveland actually be a good team consistently this year. Well, I tell you why I see them score points in this game with Miami a lot of the game is the Chargers. And the Chargers-Cleveland game was definitely a high-scoring game where they both kind of went back and forth. And I see the very team similar set, set up in the way. Dolphins, it's not necessarily the Dolphins are going to make this offense, you know, be the Cleveland to score up. The Dolphins' defense is terrible. And therefore, all everybody's scoring. I mean, watch Chicago put up the most points they've put up the entire season last week. Everybody versus Dolphins is scoring points right now. That's the problem. So that's the shootouts that you get into because it's the Dolphins that you're involved with. Cleveland can score in those situations. We talked about Cooper earlier. We talked about Chubb. It means, you know, a stud this year. So I think this could be game could go with the over. It's a game also to pick them. You know, Vegas has gotten three and a half at home in Miami. I like Miami, but I can say there's a game I'm not really confident in Miami necessarily because Cleveland's playing for a lot this week. What do you what say, you Chaz? Yeah, uh, Dolphins are one in five in their last six games against the spread. Uh, the Cleveland, for the game, on the road, they scored 22 or less in 6-7. Miami, in the first half, overall this year, their overs are 7-1. and one. Yeah, Cleveland on the road is why I'm locking in Miami. That's a good here. point. Good They're point. not a very good road team. Uh, let's let's go into uh, Detroit and Chicago. Oh, we got my other lock them in bet of the week. Lock them in. It's a lock. I had this locked in when Chicago was only favored at minus two and a half. Now the line is minus three, so even more in my favor. Sorry, Lions, you're not playing good football right now. I know you beat the Packers last. The Packers beat themselves. You did not beat the Packers. There is a big difference. And Chicago is playing pretty decent football right now. I think they do cover this in Chicago, especially. That's the other giveaway is Detroit's not very good on the road to put it all on top of it. So, yeah, I'm locking in Chicago at minus three this week. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, – I'm just going to defer to this one because this is – logically, There's you're making great points. I just look at this game as, once again, ugly game where I could go either way. I think Detroit can make Chicago, you know, make it e- interesting, and I don't like the game just because the think team can steal it. I'm also going to throw this out there. I'm taking the under. The over-under right now is at 48.5. Detroit's not scoring. Detroit's not scoring. So I'm taking the under in this game as and well. Real quick, to, end to that point, Chicago doesn't score unless they have to. You know, part right. of the reason Justin Fields has been going off is because they're down and they had to kind of score points versus Dallas, had to score points versus Miami. The same. Wait, what say you, Chaz? The data says that Detroit, for the game, on the road, allowed 24-plus in five of the last six, and Chicago, for the first half, overall this year, are 1-8 and eight against the spread. That's the problem with Chicago. They, they start slow. And when you when you start slow, I mean they're covering. So at home, they're, they've covered four of the last five, and that's mostly because they're not giving up any points in the second half. 
There you go. Look at that. Uh, so Chad's on my side with the lock bet of the week. Let's keep this thing rolling. Let's get the money going. Let's talk about the Tennessee Titans and the Denver Broncos. It's in Tennessee. This is, I'm going to double check this real quick. Yes, this is the lowest over under of the week. It's at 39 points. Tennessee favored by only two and a half points against the Denver Broncos. What do you think, Chris? Good chance Ryan Tannehill is going to be back. Decent chance Traylon Burks is activated, so Tennessee might be getting some help on offense. And uh, I guess the only other question would be, does Denver coming off the bye figure something out? So I'm not necessarily going to tell people they need to run out bad on this, but I like the Broncos in this game. I think the Broncos will be able to kind of pull, ten, you know, beat Tennessee. Tennessee has been really good kind of going against the green in a sense, playing this wing T offense the last two weeks without Ryan Tannehill. I think they're going to have to kind of be able to move the ball a bit more versus Denver. And they're playing a better quarterback in the situation in the sense that Russell Wilson's getting a little bit better. And that, that, that for Tennessee's got a chance that I think, you know, keep it close. Denver can pull it out. I like Denver in this game. I'm not, I'm not touching this game myself, by the way. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, but I would. <laughs> Chaz, what do you got? Well, when you look at Tennessee, all you see is Ws. So all they're doing is covered. But listen to this stat. This is um, this is Denver, right? In the second half, this uh, overall, they've allowed nine or less in seven of eight. I single digits all the way down. They've lost most of those games because they're getting, they're, they're they're not scoring anything. Uh, well, but. But Chaz, does it say does Russell Wilson have his wristband on in those in those numbers that you have in front? Yeah, of all, all I know is this is Denver 16, 16, 11, 23, 9, 16, 9, 21. If they were lotto numbers, they would even suck. <laughs> but Tennessee, listen, here's a this is one I jumped all over. Tennessee for the game overall last five straights will have W's and U's. So you you if you started with a ten dollar bill and said I'm going to take Tennessee. And the other, and I'm going to let it ride for five weeks. You have a lot of money. If you if you get the under at 39, that I mean, and it gives, I'm not I'm not disputing that that's not going to happen. But oof, but remember game. what I've always told you: the lowest unders and the highest overs are the easiest ones to to win sometimes because yeah. they really want to make it 36, but they yeah. can't. They can't. I'll, I'll give you an what? example. Last night's game in my notes for last night's game, I had bet the first quarter under. And hop on the over when he gets to 39 and a half. And I showed my son my notes this morning. He goes, oh, my God, that was amazing. Well, I didn't get it at 39 and a half because I was working. And next thing I know, you know, I kind of forgot about it. And I got it at 33 and a half. <laughs> and, and so I ended up hitting every bet. Uh, didn't watch much of the game because I was working. But, yeah, so I'm not afraid of betting those overs. I just don't watch them. It's so great well, when you turn on a game, it's middle of the second quarter, and it's 7-3, you got the over, because now all of a sudden an over looks great. <laughs> the, the Jazz is a great example of you can win some money, uh, and yet I'm not going to want to watch this game, because that's one of the point I was alluding to is I don't really want to watch that game. <laughs> it's going to be under the 39 already to begin with. It's probably going to be under 29. Yeah, and, you know, and I, 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 I like watching the games when I'm betting them because in live action, you know, there's nothing. You, it's really hard to hop on. Uh, you see a 14 point favorite down by seven. You can't just hop on it if you don't know what's going on. Maybe the guy got hurt. Maybe their quarterback got hurt. Yeah. Who knows? You never know. It could be raining, all kinds of stuff. So you got to pay attention. But, but, um, it really is under the first quarter of an under game is brutal. Could be a Green Bay game. 
Could be. Yeah, uh, let's yeah, yeah, let's exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's move on. This is an interesting game to talk about right now, especially on the betting wise. So we got the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to Buffalo. The line right now is minus three in favor of Buffalo. The over under is only 42. So Vegas is telling you they're expecting Case Keenum, I think, to play with that kind of a line. But Buffalo still favored at minus three. Chris, do you think Buffalo wins this game, even if Case Keenum's starting quarterback? Because I don't. I don't love it as much as if he's a starting quarterback, but I still, this is going to be my lock bet of the week. I am picking Buffalo to cover in this game. I like Buffalo. I think they're going to be able to show up defensively, and that's going to be the the biggest thing that's going to matter. This front four gets some people. Kirk Cousins, we've seen it under pressure, does not play well. Doesn't play well necessarily on the road either in cold situations where it's going to be colder this weekend. So I like Buffalo in an uglier game if it has to be with Case Keenan in the quarterback or if Josh Allen's a quarterback. But either way, I like him to cover. I don't because Minnesota's been winning these close games. That's all they've been doing all year is winning these close games late. All you Buffalo's know, been doing covering, though, for the most part, except for last week. Well, except when they lost to the Jets, who I don't think are as good as the Minnesota Vikings. And I think that's kind of goes, you know, I allude to that point. It's a weekly game, but I, I don't really like Case Keenan with this, and especially with the team who's been winning close very consistently so far this season. But, Jazz, what are you seeing here? I think Chris is right. And I'll tell you why I think Chris is right. All you see on Minnesota on the road is L's. They've lost against the spread every game except one on the road so far this year. It's the opposite for Buffalo. But you talked about the total. How many Buffalo games have gone over 44 this year? Do you know? Off the top of my head, no. I'm going to guess a lot. One. One. Only one. One. They don't give up points, and that's why they're favored if Josh Bell – Josh Bell. <laughs> who's, who's he play for now? Does he still play? Josh Bell. Are you talking baseball? Yeah, yeah. I don't know where that name came from. It just came out of my mouth, but I know he was a pretty good baseball player for a while. I don't know if he's – I'm not sure where he is right now. I do yeah. think he's playing somewhere. Um, yeah, they, their defense is really, really, really good. Their defense well, is I'm good. Not being, uh, there's a Josh Bell who's definitely active right now. That's who I was thinking of. I mean, yeah, you're talking yeah. about the Josh Bell from the 90s, and yes, that's a different well, It could be. I'm old, you know? It could be. <laughs> could be a running back for Oregon once. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so, so I, I like Buffalo. I, I think uh, I could, Buffalo and the under, I could see what happening. No doubt okay. about it. Well, the under I could definitely see happening because I don't know how in many their, in their last In their last five, in their last six games at home, Buffalo's 5-0-1 against the spread, and four of them have gone under. So, you, yeah, you would have hit. I, I, love, <laughs> I love finding those games, guys, where if this team wins, it's doing this, and if that team wins, it's doing that. And and, and then I try to find two of them and make it a four-teamer, and then I'll do a, a lot of two-teamers. I can get awful crazy with two games. I will throw this out there. Josh Allen did practice in limited capacity today. So if you think there's any chance that he plays, I would lock in Buffalo side at the minus three. But I'm betting Minnesota. I'm going to wait till Sunday to see exactly who's going to be active at the quarterback position. Uh, let's move well, on. Well, you really, you really should. If you're betting the underdog, you shouldn't bet it on Friday or Saturday anyway. Because no, you could lose a point and a half or two. Uh, that line moved a lot, right? Uh, I actually I don't. I wasn't paying close attention to this. Line. I, I want to say it moved five points. Oh, moved like from that. eight. Yeah, from eight. Eight was eight in the beginning of the week. Yeah, moved yeah. five points. Okay, so I moved five. Yeah, when they're anticipating it might be Case Keenum. Yeah. Uh, let's move to we got the Saints and Steelers game. Here's a doozy. We got the overrunner set at forty. It's in Pittsburgh, and they're underdogs by a point. So basically, this is a pick'em situation. I'm taking a, I'm taking the Steelers. You know why? T.J. Watt is back. And you know what he does to that defense when T.J. Watt is in there? It's a completely different defense. 
So I'm taking the Steelers actually to win at home outright. I actually don't have my underdog pick, but you might as well throw them in in addition too. So give me the Steelers plus one money line, whatever you want to do. I'm taking them over the Saints. I like it. I like it a lot. Look, I don't like either one of these teams, and I'm not necessarily looking to bet on either one of these teams if I don't have to. But I, I'm with you. If I'm going to take a bet on this game, I'm looking at Pittsburgh as in, in the upset. I think the Saints are getting you know, kind of living off the past what they were versus what they've been this year. They're 3-16. and 16. That has not been good. They haven't been good on the road either. The offense has been struggling as of late. So I like you talk about TJ Watt being back. You know, that can be a world changer for Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh's defense with the secondary being healthier too. They shut down the passing attack. It could get really ugly for New Orleans this week. What say you, Chaz? Well, the New Orleans in the second half on the road are 7-1 against the spread. But the, to, to mention what Dan was saying about getting uh, their defensive player back, Pittsburgh in the first half at home, the unders are 0-8-1. So uh, you had eight unders and a push out of nine games. There you go. Uh, let's move on to our next matchup here. We got the Colts and the Raiders. We'll have to see that Jeff Saturday magic works out. But right now, the Raiders at home are favored at minus four and a half. The over-under set at 41. I'm not touching this game with a 10-foot pole. But, Chris, what, do you have any leniency here? I just want to say, you know, thank God for betting, Chaz. And you know, we talk about your, your waking big show <laughs> about, you know, different things that need to be illegal. But this is something, yes, because – how many games have this been like the 40, 41 or under and there's two pathetic teams playing two pathetic teams? Yes, I don't know who necessarily I love in this game either. And I'm going with my heart. I'm going with the Colts just because I think I just had a ready move. I think they could pay off. It could ride at least one week. Um, you know, we've seen other guys like Bill Lazor take over for a week. Dan Campbell take over for a week. I think it could kind of you know, be, be something similar. So Jeff Sander is the guy that if I'm going to bet on this ugly game, that's who I'd bet on. Yeah, yeah this is Jeff Daniel can't win. This is a out. this is a this is another one. In the first half on the road, they have six straight L's and unders, the Colts do. So remember we talked about uh the Giants. Was it the Giants that had five straight? Who had five? Mm-hmm. Somebody had five straight. Something like uh, that, yeah. Yeah. Five straight. Uh I don't know where it is. Oh yeah, five straight wins and under. Tennessee was five straight wins and under for the game. This is six straight. Six straight. That's a lot. Chaz, yeah. and that's on the road. So that's you know I don't know three months. I have a quick question for you for the over under in this game. Now we usually joke around, you know, playing in Las Vegas, you get twenty four points getting off the you know plane basically. Um, what do you know? What do you feel about this team? The, the Colts definitely haven't been scoring. The numbers kind of show. So score. how do you kind of? If you don't take the points they're giving, I don't know if they go to lost and found. I don't know if you look under the couch. But the bottom line is 17, 12, 10, 16, 3. Again, very low lottery numbers or the Indianapolis Colts final score in five of their last six games. All right, let's move. Oh, we got my last lock in pick for the week. Lock in. It's a lock. That is, I had this actually at four and a half. It's now moved to minus four. That's the Dallas Cowboys on the road against the Green Bay Packers. Screw you, Packers. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys as a lock them in at minus four. They are the superior team. The Packers have officially checked out. What do you say, you, Chris? I like to bet. I don't like it as my lock bet necessarily because I don't trust Dallas for anything, especially on the road. But, you know, Green Bay's been horrible. I can see them somehow making this a game, but I think Dallas should win. Jazz. Yeah, Dallas, all they do is cover on the road. They got beat at, at Philly. Well, guess what? 
Who hasn't? Everybody that's on right. Philly's schedule can say they got beat by and Philly. And that was a Cooper Rush, a quarterback, too. Yeah, yeah, but they um, they do. They have um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Before that Philly game, they were 10 of 11 on the road against the spread. This year, they are 6-1 and one in their last seven against the spread. They are my play in the parlay. Very nicely done, sir. Okay, so let's move on. Here's my underdog pick of the week. And I actually had this as an underdog at plus one and a half. Now it's plus three. I don't know why this line's moving in the opposite direction, but I love it. Give me the Arizona Cardinals plus three. Actually, I would take the Arizona Cardinals on the money line, quite frankly. But I'll definitely take the three points as my underdog pick of the week. It could be Matthew Stafford. Maybe it's John Wolfer at the quarterback position. We don't know, and I don't care. Arizona's better on the road. Their defense is pretty good, especially as the passing attack. The Rams have no offense to speak of. This is going to be a low-scoring game, by the way. The over-under is at 40. I'm still taking the under on that. Just note that, too. But I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals to cover this game by three points and likely win this game outright. Yeah, I love the confidence. I love the, you know, the, the, the bigger. I love the, the numbers. Talk about Arizona being really good on the road this year and been covering. The only thing I'm worried about is Sean McVay's 10 and 1 versus Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. He owns them. The 49ers own Sean McVay. He owns the Cardinals. The only guy who coaches worse in that division, possibly, especially offensively, could be <laughs> Kingsbury. So I don't want to touch this game. I like what you're talking about, but that's just my concern that, you know, one guy owns the other guy and both teams suck. <laughs> so what do you think, Jazz? Well, I, I perked up on the both teams suck because when you look <laughs> at the data, it says both teams suck, basically. No numbers. It just says – I don't know how the computer guy got it to put that in there, but he did. Arizona in the second half on the road, they've scored 12-plus and 11 of 13. Uh, they have not covered in three on the road, but they're still scoring points. That means that they've gone over, of course. And then uh, the Rams for the game home, one and five in their last six against the spread. Oh, that's just it's just an ugly looking game, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I have the Rams. Remember, I have the Rams, and I mentioned this to Chris. I have the Rams. I have Tennessee. I have Buffalo, and I have Kansas City in our parlay from our very first show this year, and it's live, and it's worth twelve hundred bucks to me. So I'm paying attention. So I'm rooting for the Rams here, and I'm rooting for San Francisco, and I'm rooting for Kansas City and Buffalo the rest of the year. Go team! Well, speaking of San Francisco. Sunday night game against the Chargers. They're favored at minus seven. The over-under is at 45. The seven line makes me a little nervous because the 49ers sometimes don't have, always have the tendency to blow people out. But the Chargers don't look like a very good team right now, and their weaknesses play right into the strengths of San Francisco. So I will take San Francisco to cover in this game at minus seven. What say you, Chris? I this is my upset pick of the week, and this is oh, where I'm going with oh, that Chargers. So Chris Meg against Kyle Shanahan. Shocker. Shocker. Yes. <laughs> shocker. No, what I'm betting against is that the 49 defense doesn't necessarily great against good quarterbacks, and I think they're, they're playing a good quarterback. Justin Herbert hasn't been a slip playing great, but I think he's going to be a team's uh, quarterback's going to be a problem for the 49 team. I think between Eckler and Palmer, different guys they can kind of use, they're going to get enough points on the board to be able to kind of give the 49ers all they want and be able to pull it out. So I like the Cardinals. That's not Cardinals. I'm sorry. I like the Chargers as the upset pick of the week. Jazz, what say you? All right. What it says here is the Chargers in the first half on the road have scored 12 plus and six to seven. Now, I had them last week as the one of my plays that over against Atlanta, and that kind of just fizzled. It's It got a push in the first half, and then they didn't score in the second half. Uh, but the uh, 49ers for the game at home, 
They scored 23 points or more every single game for seven straight games. They covered all but the last one when they got whacked by Kansas City. They scored, but they gave up 44. Right. Yeah, it's a different team with Christian McCaffrey on the field, and that's what I'm going with there. All right, let's fast forward to the Monday game and close this off before we get to the player props and the parlay. The Eagles are 11-point favorites against the Washington Commanders. The over-under set at 43-and-a-half. You know what? I think I would take Washington plus 11 because these divisional games are weird. What do you think, Chris? I'm with you, and I don't necessarily love you know touching these games because of that. Um, the, the Eagles did win 24 to eight earlier on in the year, but you know that game wasn't necessarily closed out and didn't cover until the very end. So it is a game in the division that's going to be a probably low-scoring game. This Washington team's actually managed to get you know even uglier offensively. They grind it out even more, so they're going to kind of continue to be as stinky as possible. The Eagles stink on the second half of the games. They were great in the first half. They stink in the second half scoring-wise. So those combinations of the two things make me feel this game to be closer than you kind of hope it to be. So I would avoid the game impossible. But if I'm going to put you know a couple bucks on something, I might bet on Washington. All right, Chaz, any data to help us out here? Yeah, you're not, you know you don't you don't put your hard earned money on Washington in this game. You True. do not do that. It's just not worth it because Philadelphia is is perfect, and that twenty four to eight game it was twenty four to nothing, and they just dominated. So they didn't even really try to score. Philly just done that. They are Chris is right. They're not scored in the second half, but they're not giving up points in the second half. Right. They're just not scoring because they've got 24, 21, 20, 14, 24, 24, 24. They're scoring so much in the first half. Washington in the first half, 3, 7, 10, 3, 10, 7. 10. They haven't scored more than 10 points since Dan Sider, you know, got a face left or whatever. <laughs> so, no, I, I, I like Philly here. and But I'm going to bet him early. I've been betting Philly early. I would bet them early, yes. What I do is I I do a a unit and a half early and a half a unit for the game. And then if I got to come back at the second half or in live action, I could come back with two units and boom, if I lost the first two plays, I'm even. And you you get that. You get these big favorites that they are are down three points at halftime and they win the second half 14 to nothing. And you and you and you lose for the game, but if you had the second half, you get some of your money back. And that's my world, guys. I don't need to win every week. I like winning. Don't get me wrong. But if I'm still playing with with the money, and I get those tickets back in my pocket, and I got some cash and some tickets, and it's mostly what I had when I started. I've never played golf and and had the same amount of money when I ended that when I started ever. Not one time. And I played golf every single week for years. That's that's valid. All right, so Chris, let's run through these player props, then we'll get ready to do the parlay. So always, I always have four, and um, twenty and fourteen on player props so far this year. So doing pretty good so far. Let's see if we keep this thing rolling. So first up, Chris, I got Nick Chubb, eighty and a half rushing yards, and I have the over against Miami. I love it. Lock it in. That's one of the lock bets of the week. I mean, if we could bet on that and get some. You know, action i'm all about it because i think the chump's gonna run all over his miami team you've seen well, I, everybody obviously do so why would that change this week i'm i'm parlaying that with my next bet which is saquon barkley 93 and a half rushing yards against the houston texans i'm parlaying those two that i'm a little bit more worried about just because i think he actually catch the ball and i think this game could just be so ugly who knows what they're gonna do um so that's a little bit more nervous about i love the chub number though uh, yeah, I'm not worried about Barker getting 93 and a half against Houston, who's the worst team in history against the run. Uh, Darnell Mooney, I hit this prop last week. It's the same. I couldn't believe it. 42 and a half receiving yards against the Detroit Lions. I'm hitting the over. 
Yeah, I, I have my DFS lineup. I better get more than 44 yards out of them. I'm locked <laughs> that in, too, so I like it. And then last but not least, this probably goes to our Steelers point, Kenny Pickett, 1.5 passing touchdowns this week. I think he gets two. You have bigger balls than I do in that case because you know, he has two the entire season right now, so I'm not going to go there. I think he gets two. I like it. I think he gets two. I said, I'm locking in George Pickens for at least one. I think he gets one more to somebody Look, else. I think this, I think it's still going to win this game, but I would not bad. be surprised if it's going to be like 17 to 7. And that would still be two touchdowns, and I think both might be passing. Uh, all right, so that's that does it for our player props. Let's get to our parlay. Now, Chaz, you had already locked in the Cowboys, correct? Well, yeah, I... I, I... I like them. I just like them. I think they're playing good. I don't think they're going to win anything. I don't think they can be a, be a Super Bowl champ, but I like them. Um, my parlay lock is going to be Chicago minus three over Detroit. Chris, what's yours? Mine's going to be Buffalo. Regardless, Josh Allen's out there. Not, I still like Buffalo to cover this game and win over the Vikings. All right. Hey, you know what? You mentioned a, a, a player prop. I got to tell you what I did. Uh, Monday night, Sunday night football, Monday night football, I parlayed the first player to score, and I hit the first one with the, uh, I forget who, what, what the team was, but it was 149 to 1 odds. So I had to live all day Monday knowing that if the best running back for Baltimore scores the first touchdown, he ended up getting two. Drake, oh, is it Drake? Kane Drake, yes. Yeah. He ended up getting two, but he didn't get the first one. It was 149 to one odds. I hadn't seen that on a ticket in a long time. Yeah, those those are the, if you get hit, it that got me through all score. day Monday. It got me through the grind that is Monday. Yeah, yep, you're right. You're 100 percent right. But they, yeah. if you can hit that first score, man. It's like hitting a roulette. It's like hitting a number on a roulette table. It's yeah, just, yeah. The only problem is my wife was kind of spending the money. I tried to explain because she's actually a Baltimore fan, so she knew the guys. Okay. One of the few names she actually knew. She was kind of spending the money. So sweetie, don't spend the money. That's Bad juju, you know? <laughs> well, that's going to do it for our show. Uh, make sure you guys check us out over the weekend on BillyUpFantasySports.com. I'll have my rankings getting updated throughout as we get now we have some energy news in. And there's always a laundry list of updates we have to do with that. Make sure you follow us on social media at BillyUpMDFFShow. If you have those star sick questions, send them to me there. I will get to them. I'll help you guys out. Make sure you're downloading us on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel. Chaz, what do you have going on? You got well, something going on, right? Whether you smoke marijuana or not, or whether you eat gummies or not, is irrelevant to the following conversation. Because at eight o'clock my time, eleven o'clock Eastern time, there are four guys coming on. One of them's got a Washington hat on. Is that a Washington hat? It is a Washington hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and these guys are good. I mean, you know, Chris is good. These guys are good. And we got the CFL uh, semifinals. Or this weekend, so Fantastic. we've got uh, we've got uh, we got some good stuff. So check out Wake and Bake tomorrow, eight o'clock Pacific, eleven o'clock Eastern. You don't have to get stoned, but I'm telling you, the show's a lot better <laughs> if you do. And that'll be available on the Belly Up Fantasy social media accounts at Belly Up Fantasy, and mostly available on the Belly Up Sports YouTube channel too. So make sure you check that out as well, uh, guys. Make sure you have a lovely weekend, Chaz. As you always like to say, always be cashing. See you guys next week. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 